Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Wow, can you believe it? It's 2007 yeah. on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. To start off the year, we have an incredibly neat guest. Her name is Eileen Gittins, uh, founder and president and uh, CEO of Blurb, B-L-U-R-B, Blurb.com. We're going to find out more about Eileen as we move into the program here. We'll tell you about a little bit about her. And I get a chance to talk to her live out of Oakland, California. And uh, who else do we have for you today? Well, how about Jeffrey Gittimer? What's a, what's a great way to start off uh, 2007? That would be with finding out who the real decision maker is here. Jeffrey Gittimer, a sales trainer, still with us after all these years. Yeah. Like a marriage. Patrick Meyer, the marketing insider, is the long tail, is a little bit later on this hour as well. So how are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. And you this year? Absolutely. Lost all the weight I need. You're and, looking good. Uh, let's see, you got a tan. You got a tan too. A nice haircut. Nice haircut. Yeah. Got my haircut. Yeah. Exactly. Got all of. Have you broken any of your uh, New Year's resolutions? Absolutely. Yet? Good. Yeah. Got that out of the way. Might as well be with mainstream America there. Yeah. And yeah. I went over to a McDonald's. Had a Big Mac this you morning. You did. Yeah, it was wonderful. You know, I, it's funny. You reminded me of something I was wanting to say. I was in a uh, Starbucks here in the, our home market of Houston. Houston yes. And it, there was a, a broken sheet of uh, uh, glass there. And I said, well, what's, the, what's this about? And they said, well, apparently it was vandalism overnight. And they said it's been going on in a serial way. And I'm thinking, you know. Oh, that's sad. I've heard that, you know, there's certainly a cultural, there, there's a group, social, that's a social comment. There's a group that are right. anti, you know, Starbucks because they think it's a prolifer- proliferation of, the, you know, too much about Starbucks. Exactly. Yeah. But yet, to me... If you wanted to be against Starbucks, why don't you do it in some other nonviolent way, number one? Yeah. Or if you wanted to be against something, yeah. why don't you be against, like, you know, fast food and, and you know, things that are actually <laughs> have a... Denny's, uh, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, and I'm not yeah. saying that you should do that in a no, violent way really. either. But well, what's I mean, wrong with Starbucks? Kind I mean, of well, they're just trying to say, you know, if you don't like capitalism... This is where we live. Living in the wrong country. Uh, You take a left at the Atlantic Ocean. That'd be right. If you're leaving the East Coast. Wow. So so I was hoping that I'd get some cracked glass in my coffee and be able to sue them. Sure. And then own a McDonald's. Yeah. Where I could spill hot coffee. Hot coffee on people, exactly. Extremely hot coffee. It's not just hot coffee, it's extremely hot coffee. Right. Here we are in 07, and uh, there's uh, MSNBC and actually Entrepreneur. Uh, .com did a 10 marketing trends to watch in uh, 2007, consumer trends, they said. And uh, what they're suggesting is, uh, well, for instance, with affluent uh, working women, the big news, the group is increasing in size. Hopefully that doesn't mean... Oh, well, that's because they got a lot of money. It's, uh, it's exactly the best way to reach them, maybe online, what they're suggesting. Mm-hmm. Um it says here, according to the media audit, uh, affluent working women with family incomes of 75K or more are growing in number. 94.3% access the Internet during the average month. About half are now considered heavy users hmm. of the Internet. There's that weight reference again. <laughs> While heavy use of radio, television, newspapers, and direct mail has all declined within this group to increase, increase uh, sales uh, from the expanding audience, uh, alter your media spending to place greater emphasis 
on the uh, online, which is uh, an interesting thing. So radio is going to take a look at that and say, hmm, affluent working women. Let's see who makes the decisions on the media, you know, on buying. And uh, maybe they'll have to rethink where they place those ad dollars. You know, I saw that uh, piece, and uh, one of the uh, elements that was included in that was the uh, word of mouth being a, a consumer trend. Exactly. Not, yeah. not a surprise with us because we had, uh, what, a month or two ago, Andy Cernovitz. Yeah, your friend. See, <laughs> Here he is right here. You got the book? He wrote He wrote in his book, too. What did he, what is Brad, yeah. love you. Love you? Yeah, oh, no, that's not right. Lots of love. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Andy, who is the CEO of uh, Word of Mouth Marketing, apparently uh, he, he's uh, quoted in this uh, message here where he is basically promising uh, at the conference that they held recently at the Word of Mouth Marketing Summit and Research Symposium, <laughs> he's promising to make it impossible for stealth marketers to exist. That, right. That they're, they're going to starve them out of business. This is a promise he's making. He's really? the outgoing CEO, by the way. And a, and a related note, Ray, the FTC recently rejected a, compli- a complaint filed by the anti-advertising group Commercial Alert. We know those people. Right, huh. We had uh, a gentleman on, not Ralph, who who's the uh, Ralph Nader, but it was the... But his uh, good buddy. Yeah, his number two guy. Anyway, uh, FTC recently rejected a complaint filed by the Commercial Alert anti-advertising group, which urged it to regulate companies engaged in buzz marketing. Come on. Yeah, come on. The government's agent the government agency's response suggested that self-regulation thus far was doing a good job and I would agree with that. Well, I'm glad that happened. That's nice. There's there's more trends here too and as we are currently in 07, it might be nice to look at these throughout the this show. So we'll do that. Or in 08, we'll look at it. We can wait. Quick Takes on Sales and Customer Relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Picture this. The prospect has just told you, I only need one more approval and the order is yours. Oh, for joy, for joy, the order's mine. Eh, 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 eh. Don't be celebrating too soon. The last person needed to approve is the real decision maker, the boss, the guy you were supposed to be talking to in the first place, the one person who can say no to you, and there's no possibility of reversing it. Uh-oh. Throw a little bit of cold water on yourself there, pal. This sale hangs by a thread, and what are you doing about it? Going home and bragging, oh, I just uh, it's in the bag. Or, or are you saying, I hope I get it, I hope I get it. Hey, neither one's going to work there, Sparky. The words, I only need one more approval and the order is yours, has to trigger a response that says to the prospect, great, when do we all meet? You see, you better get the prospect to agree to let you attend that final decision-making meeting. Because if you're not present when the last decision is made, the odds are you will lose the final battle of the sales war without being able to fire a single bullet. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, 
It may be because your ad sucks. We're just a few moments uh, away from bringing uh, Eileen Gittins uh, onto the, uh, the the soundstage here. Well, actually, it's a couple of studios, but that's okay. It looks like a soundstage. And she's in the green, green room the right green now. room, and yeah. she's got the f- world's finest chocolates there, so that's fine. Good. And, of course, she required a dozen roses as well. Probably so. Uh, Eileen has been at the intersection of the Internet, consumer, and enterprise software, imaging systems, search, and digital photography all throughout her career. She's a passionate advocate for enabling technologies that offer new ways to do valuable things. Ms. Gittins is now democratizing the uh, publishing for the rest of us. Um, well, with her new company called Blurb. Mm-hmm. Blurb. Well, it's a great, great company, name? yeah. yeah. Uh, she has served as a CEO of several pre-IPO uh, venture-backed companies in Silicon Valley, including Personify and, uh, let's see, and, uh, Ubiquity. And most recently, she serves as an interim executive management at uh, Viant, a San Francisco-based investment banking firm. This is a long bio. We'll tell you more in just a minute. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. Nobody can call George Whipple an old fuddy-duddy. This new sign is right up with the times. Maybe this will stop the ladies from squeezing Charmin bathroom tissue. Please don't squeeze the Charmin, indeed. As if that could make me resist Charmin's cushiony soft texture. We are back with the advertising show, Rachel and Brad Forsyth. So happy to welcome out of San Francisco, not yeah, Oakland, but right. San Francisco. Uh, Eileen Gittins, Blurb.com is the uh, is the uh, the company. And Eileen, welcome, welcome to the advertising show. Good to have you here. Well, guys, listen, I'm I'm really honored and pleased to be a participant in your show. Cool. Well, it's our pleasure, and we want to uh, uh, familiarize our audience. Ray and I have an advantage over our audience. We know all about Blurb. We've been online. Maybe some of the uh, listeners today are have, have, uh, familiar with Blurb. You've got a great uh, a great number of visitors to your site regularly. But I wanted to give you an opportunity, if you would, Eileen, is just share with our audience just a little background on Blurb and what you guys do. Sure. So Blurb enables anyone, any of your listeners, to make a truly bookstore-quality book in a quantity of one quickly using our free software that works on either a Mac or PC. So the idea here is that whether you want to make a book, maybe a family book or a photo book for personal reasons, or perhaps a cookbook as a fundraiser, or maybe it's a book to promote your business, your portfolio, maybe it's a marketing case study, etc. The idea here is that you should be able to easily drag and drop that digital content into some professionally designed layouts from Blurb and uh, upload it to our server. And in about a week's time, seven business days, you get your book back on your doorstep, and books start at $18.95 for a copy of one. Hmm. And is that a particular format and number of pages and so forth? Yes, yes. Um, So we offer both hardcover and softcover, and the price I just quoted is a softcover price. Mm -hmm. That's about an 8 by 10 book. It's four color that includes 40 pages of, of of of. content and it is truly professionally printed one of my goals when i started the company was to produce books that looked indistinguishable from a book you would buy at your local bookstore Mm -hmm. and so we are working with back-end printers who are very tightly integrated into our service who frankly produce commercial books for many of the world's largest book publishers names that you would your, your audience would know well and so that's why our books look like the Look like books you buy at the bookstore because they're produced by the same folks. Yeah, that's cool. Well, and I was, you know, without on-demand printing, I guess you guys wouldn't have a business model, right? 
Very true. In fact, this whole company would not have been possible as little as four years ago. Um, what happened was I'm a photographer. I worked for Kodak for many years, um, and I continued to photograph all throughout my career, just kind of personal work. And after the bubble burst and we all found ourselves with a wee bit more time on our hands than we used to have, I was doing a photo project, uh, which was about 50% text and 50% images. In fact, I was photographing people I had built other software companies with. Mm -hmm. And they told me their stories, and I wanted to share this with this team of people, about 40 people. But uh, it was really a gift for these folks. And the problem I was having was it's very hard to gift a website. It just doesn't have the same impact mm -hmm. and meaning. Um, and I thought, you know, it's kind of like a snapshot in time. It's it's like a yearbook. This was back in 2003. And I thought, yeah, absolutely. It's a book. It's totally a book. So I went online, and I absolutely expected to find Blurb at that time, which you know, I characterized as software that would let me, you know, drag and drop all my stuff in there, make it look good, give it my Visa card, and order 40 copies, please. Oh, right? Sweet. And I couldn't find it. Uh, and what I found were some nascent photo album tools, which were great if that's what you wanted. But, frankly, I didn't want something that looked handcrafted. You know, I wanted something that looked professionally printed and published. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided I better, uh, I better look into this. I thought it was an interesting market. And ratcheting forward to the present, uh, we indeed discovered a huge market opportunity. I went out and got financed and... Now we've built the company so that I can make the books that I wanted to make and millions of other people, too. The competition has to be uh, minimal out there, huh? I mean, you've got to be one of a kind, huh? We are an early entrant. There's no question. Um, we, are, we are, as is often the case with new and emerging technologies, they're disruptive, you know, to old kind of, you know, uh, entrenched industries. It's usually the young, you know, nimble guys that come along and get some financing and, and do something hopefully really innovative. And that's Blurb. Um, so we are the leader in this category today. We call ourselves, by the way, a creative publishing service. And the reason for the creative moniker is that we have hired people here who are commercial book designers. In fact, people who used to work for Tashin and McGraw-Hill and Chronicle Books, etc. They now work at Blurb full-time, and they design templates so that when you pull all of these different page layouts together, and by the way, there are literally hundreds to mm -hmm. choose from, um, it really will look first-rate and very professional. And I assume that uh, for those that are listening that may want to... Uh you know, I'm sure there's a curiosity right now as to, you know, how difficult is this? Do you have a demo at blurb.com that people can go through to see how easy it is? Yes. In fact, uh, two things. One is coming up very shortly. Um, in fact, it's probably live as of this airing, and that is a video uh, that will be right off of our homepage at blurb.com. And it's kind of an overview of the product. Shows you kind of uh, It shows you some books that other people have made. One of the things we've discovered is people get inspired, right, when they see what else other people have done. So it starts off with some books that others have made, and then it goes through a very quick overview of the software, how it works. But let me let me say this. Um, my 11-year-old niece, I showed her how to use the product in five minutes. I went and took a shower. I came back, and her poetry book was basically done. Wow. Hmm. So this is... Uh, uh, you can you can say this two ways. Either you know the eleven year olds of the world certainly get these kinds of products because they've grown up with with you know an online environment. But I will also tell you one of our VCs 
um, is quite a prolific photographer. And the joke I make there is this product is so easy to use, even our VCs can make fabulous books. Yeah, and I would, <laughs> I would imagine your VCs get a special rate as well. Yeah, huh? they, get, they get a lot of special attention. Yeah. Uh, but to, truly, their books are really remarkable. Not only the photography books, but one of our VCs is using this product to profile all of their portfolio companies. So each portfolio company is a two-page spread, right, with their logo, images of folks, and and their value proposition. And they are using that on their fundraising tour to raise their next fund. So it is their their leave-behind piece. It's kind of you can think of it as a high-end client presentation, right? Mm -hmm. They're using it as a leave-behind piece that not only looks super, but it reflects, you know, the the value of one of their premier portfolio companies. Would this, uh, you, you mentioned your 11-year-old niece that did the uh, poetry book through yeah. through blurb.com. Would this be a good time to mention that she's in the doctorate program at Stanford? <laughs> <laughs> no? Uh, no, but I will tell you, she now is a celebrity at her school and does book signing. I'll bet. Wow. I'll bet. You know, we've only have about a minute left. You mentioned three categories. For personal reasons, you might use blurb, uh, fundraising, professional. What percentage of which of those categories tends to be your bigger user? Well, before Christmas, before the holiday season last year, uh, we were starting to see a real uptick in professional books. So these are books that, uh, that people are building to promote their business in one way, shape, or form. Of course, right at the end of last year, we got a huge uptick in personal books for gift giving. And so we saw a tremendous number of cookbooks, photo books, travel books, you, you name it, kinds of fantastic books. Um, but I would say here now, starting again in early 2007, I'm guessing the professional books are going to start zooming up again in, in, as, as a relative percentage. You know, next segment, I want to talk a little bit about a lot of our uh, listeners are in the advertising and marketing fields, and we've got the great way of how they can use Blurb.com. And this is not a uh, a plug by any stretch. It's a little off-air off, uh, conversation that we had with Eileen, and I think it's uh, worthy to stick around and hear how you might be able to use that. Yeah, it's really cool. It sounds like a great idea. You know, talking about this now, I've got ideas for uh, uh, for folks that we know and we do business with. It's like, wait a minute. This will work. This is what you've been trying to do, so let's go ahead and do it. So obviously we'll be uh, doing some follow-up after the show as well. As we launch 07 with our special guest, Eileen Giddens, founder, president, and CEO of Blurb, blurb blurb.com is the website. Our website, theadvertisingshow.com, is a shipple.com powered vehicle powered by a thing called Tendency. That's with an I. Check it out, shipple.com. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com, okay? We've got more with Eileen and Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here on The Advertising Show, and we'll do that next. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. See the USA in your Chevrolet. America is asking you to call. Drive your Chevrolet through the USA. America's the greatest land of all. After 2007, they're more expensive than ever before, your Chevrolet or something mm-hmm. like that. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth with our special guest out of San Francisco this weekend. Her name is Eileen Gittens, founder, president, and CEO of what a great company name, Blurb.com. It's all about the book. Eileen, welcome back to the advertising show. Thanks, guys. 
Yeah, and uh, thank you for joining us. So, you, you know, a lot of our listeners, if you're out there, you're, you're potentially a freelance writer, you write for an agency or, or a client-side uh, writer, graphic artist. Maybe you're the new business uh, development person at the uh, at the local or regional ad agency level. I would imagine, Eileen, that uh, your service or even maybe someone wanting to have a standout resume, I would imagine, your service, I think, would be ideal for these types of people. We're already seeing it, actually, um, Brad. We're seeing books. We're seeing all kinds of client presentation books right now. Um, Architects. So we're seeing books that architects are doing that document the original sketch through groundbreaking, through project completion. We're seeing those kinds of books. We're seeing books from ad agencies where it's client presentation, again, leading from concept to various creative explorations all the way up through through to final proposal and presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing all kinds of, as you mentioned, graphic artists, agencies, writers, photographers are enormous. We've even seen recently a couple of business plans come through. Um, very interesting story is one of them. Actually, I received I received this business plan as a prospective investor. Now, mm. mind you, I have no money because all of my money is in Blurb.com. Right. Um, but I received this as a prospect, and it was in your classic, you know, plastic comb bindy, you know, <laughs> copy shop kind of presentation. Right. Well, because I knew the producer of the business plan, and he's doing a small real estate investment trust, I contacted him and said, do you mind if I ask you how you produced this and how much it cost? Well, the the short answer was he'd gone to a place like Kinko's. I don't know if it was exactly Kinko's or not. And it was 23 pages. It was color, 8.5 by 11. You know, your classic plastic comb, bindy thing with the clear acetate cover. And per each copy, it cost him $29, and he made 25 copies and sent them out. And his response was, you know, pretty pretty dismal. I then suggested that he take exactly the same content, drop it into a uh, the business plan template at blurb.com, a text and pictures template, make a hardcover book, because even at hardcover in 25 copies, it cost him twenty nine ninety five per unit less ten percent. So it was actually cheaper to create a forty page hardcover book with a dust jacket than it was to produce this other you know uh, this other version. He sent out those books. His response was off the hook. Hmm. Now he did have to overcome the first part of the conversation, which was, how did you make this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but what an icebreaker. Right. Um, I'm also pleased to tell you that the fund is now completely oversubscribed. He has purchased his first piece of property in mid-coast California, and he's off to the races. Yeah. Are you saying that for twenty nine ninety five, this includes the setup and everything that goes along with that? Yes. So the software, wow. I'm, I'm quite serious. What we're doing is... When we built our company, we we knew we were building an application with enormous value. I mean, you can think of this as, you know, uh, desktop publishing, right? Mm -hmm. But purpose-built for one thing only, and that is book, creative book design and layout. Now, we all know desktop uh, publishing products that sell for, you know, eight nine $900 a a copy. We decided that we weren't going to go that route because we're we're a web 2.0, you know, we're an Internet company. So our whole strategy here is to make the software free. 
to encourage people to try it. So zero barriers to entry, zero barriers to adoption. You only pay if you decide to print a book. You can make one. You can make one copy. In fact, if you're looking to do 25, we suggest, if time permits, you do make one. You get it back, and you use that, frankly, as your proof edition. Mm-hmm. Make any tweaks and then, you know, changes, and uh, and then order your remaining 24. Um, so David, this guy David Ibsen, actually produced 25 books. They cost, you know, 27 and change each. And it's a hardcover book with a custom dust jacket. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, you can't see Ray from where you are in San Francisco, but he has his checkbook out. So if you're still yeah. uh, accepting funding, yeah. uh, Ray's, Ray's <laughs> in there. You, black, you, I'll take <laughs> you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned disruptive technology. I just take a category and walk. Maybe you can uh, react to this. We have about a minute and a half left here, Eileen. <clears throat> Excuse me. College professors they get hooked up with the major publishers. They write books and then they sign off their uh, rights to that material, and the publishers uh, hope that that uh, professor will not only obviously require reading for the students at at that university, but also his buddies across the U.S. will also require that, and they make money that way. Why wouldn't a college professor go to yourblurb.com and self-publish and keep all of the money? Well, there's no reason why they wouldn't do that. Um, the, the, The only gotcha, to the extent there is one, is depending on the contract, that they may have written with that publisher, they will have to determine who owns the copyright to their material and what obligations have they to that publisher. I will tell you at Blurb, when you make a book using Blurb, you are your own publisher. Mm -hmm. You own full copyright to your book. If you make your book at Blurb and then Simon & Schuster comes calling and says, we want to make you a superstar, Blurb will say, right on, go for it, because then we become a place where... New folks get discovered. This is Eileen Gittins, our special guest, founder, president, and CEO of Blurb. Blurb.com is the website. Interesting concept and very unique as well. We've got uh, more time to talk with Eileen in our next segment, so stay with us. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Good morning. Oh, you're not my daisies. Right, Mother Nature. They're Chiffon's new daisy servers. Taste. Oh, it's my sweet, creamy butter. Nope, it's new Chiffon margarine. Chiffon That sounds like that Mason Adams guy. I think it is, uh, on the male voice there. Yeah. Mason Adams from so many years ago, classic spot. Uh, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. You know, brand new year, Brad. And a lot of people make the resolutions, you know, lose weight, da-da-da-da, do this. Uh, maybe somebody out there has a dream. Uh, I want to publish a book. Right. I've got I've got all these things written down. I just don't know how to do it, and nobody's right. going to talk to me. Well, if you stay with the segment, and if you've been with the show, you're finding out how you can actually do that. Eileen Gittins, our special guest founder, president, and CEO of Blurb.com. Uh, thanks for being with us, Eileen. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, welcome back. I, I, uh, you mentioned, um, and by the way, when I was talking about the college professor uh, scenario, it would be, of course, new content, and, and therefore... Uh, no worry about the uh, previous uh, publisher relationship. But uh, the, the thought here, you mentioned uh, publishing uh, hits and that if your authors become publishers' hits uh, with the majors, you're all for it. Any, uh, any stars out there that started with you guys that you can talk about yet or still too early? It's still too early, but uh, I will tell you this, that we are seeing some truly fantastic books come through. In fact, I have per- – <laughs> 
I have purchased books myself uh, from some of our end users uh, mm. because I think that they're just so beautiful. Mm. So I think that what's going to happen here is we are we truly are unleashing creativity that uh, I think has been bottled up to your to your point a moment ago, Ray. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do dream of of doing a book one day. I mean, when I worked for Kodak, we used to talk about, you know, people running back into burning buildings to yeah. grab the photos. Well, the other thing on the big checklist that many people will aspire to before they die, it's they're going to do their book, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, so this this product, in addition to its wonderful business applications, also hits a tremendous emotional, very powerful uh, reserve in people because when you get your first book back with your name on that cover and it looks like a book you buy at a bookstore it really is a magic moment mm-hmm, and uh, uh you know we're just thrilled that we're we're bringing that kind of experience to so many mm-hmm. and I, you know if we hear that eileen and her company are marketing their services in hospitals we'll know that it's that last minute you know before you die write a book approach oh, uh, i don't know why i said that so okay. is is it just obvious to ray and i on how you came up with the name blurb i mean obviously there's a there's a writing reference there how, how did you come up with that with actually with a great deal of pain because I'm one of those I am a marketer. I was a marketer at Eastman Kodak Company mm-hmm. uh all these many years and until something is named for me it just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And so I in great frustration was trying to come up with a name and as you know, trying to get a URL, a domain name that was available, short, spellable, et cetera, is a nightmare. Yeah. I actually worked with a friend of mine, David Plasic, who owns a lexicon branding here in Sausalito and they've named, you know, PowerBook, Pentium and Personify my old company. The three Ps I I, I tell David. <laughs> anyway, I worked <laughs> with his folks to concept around this. I'll tell you, we didn't actually come up with the name in those sessions, but I do give Lexicon a lot of credit because they helped me think about what was important, what what the important characteristics were for the name. Mm-hmm. It, leading up to a point where I literally locked myself in my office at home one weekend with the OED and every thesaurus and every you know and and a, and a broadband connection, and after about a thousand post-its on the wall, I narrowed it down to about 20 names that looked like they were both interesting and potentially gettable. And Blurb was one of my top picks. It was purchased. It was not in use. And I negotiated with the owner of the URL uh, for the princely sum of, you know, almost no money, Hmm. a a very small amount of money. Mm -hmm. I could lease the name for a couple of years and that during that time I could buy out the lease if indeed we got financed. And that's what happened. Um, blurb, of course, as you guys know, does refer to, you know, the description typically on a dust jacket of a book that describes the innards of the book. Right. By the way, the etymology of the word is actually a lot more, uh, uh, what, risque than that. Right. Yeah. Um, it refers to a scantily clad woman, uh, novelist in England at the turn of the last century. Mm-hmm. Uh, wanted to promote his book, and so he had a picture of a scantily clad woman, mm-hmm. which had nothing to do, by the way, with the innards of his book. Oh, right. Sex sells, doesn't there, it? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And a uh, very licentious copy, right. and that became known as The Blurb. Right, oh, and, that's funny. and that's also how Ray went to the uh, uh, Halloween costume. Got my costume. first date, exactly uh, yes, right. Yeah, exactly yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're just about out of time. i got to tell you, if, if uh, you're looking to uh, launch the new year with uh, launching a dream that you've had uh, for a long, long time, 
it just became a lot more realizable. And we want you to visit blurb.com, B-L-U-R-B.com. Eileen, it has been a pleasure having you here on the Advertising Show. We hope you sell lots and lots and lots of these things. Well, thanks, Ray and Brad. It's been a pleasure to launch the new year with you, too. On the Advertising Show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsythe, back with more in just a minute. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Hello, amigo. I'm Chiquita Banana and I've come to say bananas have to ripen in a certain way and when they're flecked with brown. And we're back on The Advertising Show. Great talking to Eileen out of uh, San Francisco, founder, president, and CEO of Blurb, Blurb.com. Check it out. Uh, if you Again, if you're thinking about stuff like that for the brand new year, what a great way to get it started. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's good. We've got uh, a lot of great things happening in 2007, and we want you to be a part of that if you'll stay right here at TheAdvertisingShow.com. It's a great place to... Uh, Catch up on industry trends and, uh, of course, uh, hear an incredible amount of uh, uh, interviews that we have archived on the show. I mean, we go back several years here. And, uh, you know, maybe you, you're trying to find a specific topic or, um, you know, just looking for something. Maybe you're a college student or maybe you just don't want to learn more about advertising. You can find that very easily at the AdvertisingShow.com website. And, you know, if you uh, heard last month, uh, George Lois, uh, mm-hmm. George Lois 1 and George Lois 2. Yeah. You want to hear more, George? Go back uh, more a George. year. <laughs> Boy, George. No, if you want to hear more more George Lois, go back to the last time he was on the show, which was right. over a year and a half before that, and then he was on another time before that. So, right. I mean, if you find a, another example of that is uh, Dusenberry, Phil Dusenberry, sure. former CEO and of uh, BBDO worldwide. And you'll see a lot of stuff coming your way in 2007 here. Uh, consumer trends, college grads, mm-hmm. big uh, part of the population, of course. If you're searching for the most effective way to reach the uh, that prospect group, uh, move your marketing to online. I'm beginning to see this as an online article here. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Probably. Uh, but it says, um, well, what does it say? The Internet, now the primary source of media and entertainment among college grads whose uh, top plan purchases upon graduation and prof- are professional clothing, travel, airline tickets, health insurance, no beer, and furniture, according mm-hmm. to Y2M. It's an e-grad college graduate survey. Nearly 80% of the respondents are online purchasers, making them ideal candidates for an online campaign. Mm-hmm. So, well, obviously this article, as I said before, is about <laughs> online. Yeah. That's okay. Well, and, you know, There's it's interesting. No favoritism there. You mentioned that about college students, Ray, and, and uh, this, this, you know, just lays right up against what you were talking about. According to a new report from Sloan Consortium released recently, nearly 3.2 million students in higher education took at least one course online last year, the 800,000-plus hmm. spike and more than double the, previ- uh, the prior year-to-date uh, numbers. Uh, the report, which includes data from more than 2,200 colleges and universities, the ratio of graduate students who take online classes is slightly more than the ratio of overall number of students. The report also found, Ray, that 96% of schools and more than 15,000 students offer uh, some kind of online courses. Really? Uh-huh. With more than, I said, I said with more than 15,000 students. Not uh, So 96% of all schools with 15,000 students or more mm-hmm. offer some kind of online 
class, just to clarify that. So, so it all gets back to how easy is it to connect and, and get done what you need to get done. Right. And, it, you know, nowadays you say, scoot your laptop over here next to me. Why is that? <laughs> I want a copy off of you. I'm yeah, cheating. Yeah, no, right, I exactly. And I don't have a virus, okay? <laughs> we how have do you Pat- mean that? <laughs> I don't know. Patrick yeah. Meyer has something for us now here on the advertising show. It's called The Marketing Insider, and uh, this feature is called The Long Tail. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider, featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about the long tail in marketing. A number of months back, there was an article in Wired Magazine that shook up a lot of people in the business and tech world. But it had implications for marketing as well. Very simple idea. that The consumer wants broader spectrum of content. They're willing to pay for it. They'd love to dive into it and explore it. A test was done where they took a tighter collection of movies and videos versus a broader collection. They thought that bulk of the volume would be focused on those popular ones. In actuality, the consumer loved to explore older ones, independent films, foreign films. But what it taught everybody was that the long tail, the broader collection, intrigues the consumer. Here's the headline for you as a marketer. The consumer doesn't want four commercials a year from you and a website. They want maximum content that's intriguing and fun and enlightening that they can climb into. So give them a long tail for your brand. To do so, you need to think about your assets, past, present, and future, and serve them up in a way that they can embrace on their lifestyle technology. What do you have now, assets? You've just done a new ad campaign. What's on the cutting room floor that they would love to climb into? Once again, give them that part of the tail. Things going forward, design assets, shoot commercials, create marketing, film events, interviews from your celebrities, etc. Create things for them to climb into. And lastly, serve up your assets in a new age way. Digital, animated, have you seen Fox and what they've done with football and sports? They've brought a whole new array of video techniques. Do that with your content. Create a whole new array of content going forward. Now you have a dynamic tail for the consumer to climb into. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. And join us throughout 2007 for a lot of great stuff coming your way from The Advertising Show. The AdvertisingShow.com is just a great destination. We hope you'll uh, share it with your friends, and uh, as we talked uh, with Eileen off the air, uh, a lot of opportunities as we uh, as we hook up with uh, the various uh, interviews that we get. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I, I know a whole bunch of people to be interested in this show. So mm-hmm. it's it's uh, really great what happens yeah. here. Tell a friend, uh, okay. as we like to say. And by the way, you're a big golfer, Ray. I think most of, many of, anyone that's been listening to the show for a while knows that. Sure. Apparently, American Express has been named corporate sponsor of the United States Golf Association, the first such sponsor hmm. in USGA's history. That's 112 years. Wow. The multi-year agreement, according to this, is uh, going to allow USGA to improve its marketing efforts and give American Express cardholders access to a range of events run by the association. So, you know, you're... I think you have the black card, which is an elite number of a uh, handful of people that make yeah, right. uh, a net income. Or they have to spend over a million dollars a year, I think, exactly to get the right. black card. And do you have to pay that as well? Well, yours is the red card. Red card, that's, yeah, exactly. That's the debit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Funny. If you have an, oh, yeah. an Amex, you're going to get some special stuff from the USGA. That's good because it's a, it's a nice connect for folks who play golf, I'm yeah. sure. 
And they've got Tiger Woods as a spokesperson, too, so that's uh, obviously a connection, too. Right. Not selling Buicks anymore, is he? I don't know. I haven't seen that in a while of them as well. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Hope you uh, continue to join us throughout the brand new year. And by the way, Happy New Year if uh, somebody hasn't said that to you about for the hundredth time so far. So mm-hmm. hope, uh, hope things are going well for you. They are here at the Advertising Show, and we'd like to uh, ask you again to share it with a friend as well. Advertising Show is brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine, and you can visit them online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production. <laughs>